G'day you mob, what's going on? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English. Today I sort of stumbled across, I found by chance this interesting article and I thought that it would be worth having a yarn about it, right? Having a chat about it, talking about this article. So this is from abc.net.au and the title of the article is Why Parents Are Choosing Nicknames as Baby Names. And this is something interesting that I have I have noticed, I guess, like in hindsight, after having already read this article, I'll read it for you though soon, uh, in hindsight, I was like, ooh, this is actually a phenomenon that I'm starting to notice more and more and more the older I get. Anyway, let's have a little read through it and we can chat about it whilst we go. A generation ago, if you met a baby called Max, you could safely assume his birth certificate said Maxwell or Maximilian. These days, it's best not to jump to conclusions. Australians are increasingly giving their babies short names that were once thought of as nicknames, says Ashley Fell, a social researcher and director of advisory at Australian research company McCrindle. Yeah, so that is true. When I was young, if you ever met someone called Ash or Pete or Dave, it was safe to assume that their full name was Ashley, Peter, or David, right? It would, it would almost certainly be the case that that was the name that was on their birth certificate. Let's keep going. For girls, Evie, ranked 18 across Australia, is now more popular than Evelyn, ranked 19, according to the company's 2020 Baby Names Report, which draws on births, deaths, and marriages data from across the country. So it's interesting because you have Evie, the shortened nickname version of Evelyn that is now more popular than the original name from which Evie came. Ellie, 37, similarly ranks higher than both Eleanor, 47, and Elizabeth, 55. Meanwhile, Frankie, 36, is more popular than its formal counterparts, Francis and Francesca, neither of which made it into the top 100. The trend towards shortened baby names has been growing for a few years now, Miss Fell says, but certain shortened names have enjoyed a more recent popularity boom. Frankie has zoomed up 13 ranking places since McCrindle's 2018 report, while Archie is up 8 spots, Leo has jumped 7 places, and Ellie has crept up 4 spots. So, it is interesting to see how, over time, if you kept surveying and looking at the 100 most popular names based on births, uh, deaths and marriages data, where you can obviously get the data of new babies' names, it's interesting watching how certain names come into popularity and then fall out of popularity. So, I know that if you meet people who are elderly, a lot of the times you're going to meet people who have names that just aren't popular anymore. They've fallen out of favour with the average person, right? There are very few people who want their children to have the exact same name as their as their parents or even their grandparents. Um, so, for instance, my two grandparents on my mother's side were or are named Ron and Beverly, well, Ronald and Beverly. Neither of those names have I ever run into, based on my memory, one to one with people in the street. I just don't meet, I mean, unless they're that age, people my age and younger, I don't think I've ever met someone called Beverly who was younger than me. And Ronald, the only Ronald I can think of is Ronald Weasley from Harry Potter, 
really. And maybe that's a British thing, but it's just, yeah, it's funny how these things are sort of not common names and you'll have other names like, um, oh, what's a good example? Rose. No one is really called Rose unless they're maybe, you know, 80 years old. Let's keep going. We didn't see the point. Switching between long and short names. For Melissa Patsuris, a 33-year-old business owner based in Werribee, Victoria. Well, that's, that's pretty close, actually. It didn't make much sense to choose a longer name that was going to be shortened anyway. Our five-year-old daughter is Indy, not Indigo or Indiana, she says. We simply loved the name Indy and knew we would shorten it straight up, so just went with Indy. Grace Fastuka, 39, a customer service worker from Melbourne, had similar reasons for calling her son Leo instead of Leonardo. We preferred the name Leo and there was more of a chance he'd be called by this short name, she says. We didn't see the point, so we just went with Leo. Now, this is really interesting. Thinking about it quickly, what is this going to have in terms of an effect on kids at school? Because I remember when I went to primary school, that was where I sort of first came into contact with, you know, these social groups that would give each other nicknames. So, you would get your surname as your nickname. My nickname used to be Smisso or Smisson, right? You know, um, instead of calling me Peter or Pete, they'd call me Smisson. Hey, Smisson, what are you up to, Smisson? Come over here, Smisson. And, or even Smiths, right? They'd shorten it even further. And Australia, as you guys probably know, has this tendency to make slang words or to give people shortened nicknames based on the full name being sort of chopped down to a shorter version. Hence, Pete instead of Peter, Dave instead of David, um, Ellie instead of uh, Elizabeth. But what's going to happen once the parents have kind of taken this ability away from their children by already shortening their names to single syllables? So, you know, you'll have this Leo or Dan or Max. What's going to happen at schools when kids want to give each other nicknames? This is going to be something that's interesting because you can't really shorten it any further, right? You can't really shorten it past being a single syllable. So, that might be something interesting. You wonder, okay, so Australia has this history of shortening words and giving people shorter nicknames. Are we going to reverse that as a result of this generation giving their children shorter names that are already really short and can't be shortened further? Interesting. Daniela Foster, 31, is a nursing and midwifery student in Werribee who called her son Ellie rather than Elijah. Ah, it's probably Eli, to be fair. Eli instead of Elijah. Her decision was influenced by the fact she's been called Danny, a shortening of her official name, her entire life. I can't say I remember my mother ever calling me Daniela. Always Danny, even when in trouble, she says. Melissa drew on similar reasoning when naming Indy. My mum is Christina, but has always gone by Tina, and she has always said she wished her parents would have just called her Tina, she says. Switching between the initials T and C has been a headache for her mum when completing admin tasks such as cashing checks, Melissa adds. So, that's interesting. Millennials like the distinctiveness of short names. Okay, so, yeah, here we go. Maybe these new younger generation are actually really enjoying the fact that they have short names. Popping a zippy nickname onto your child's birth certificate, Billy, rather than William or Freddie instead of Frederica, can also be a way of standing out from the crowd. 
Yeah, but probably only for so long, right? As soon as everyone starts doing it, you know, you can't really stand out from the crowd. That's an approach that's appealing to millennials, many of whom grew up sharing a classroom with multiple Sarahs or Jessicas, explains Miss Fell. That's true. I remember, you know, I mean, I'm sure this is the case anywhere. There's a certain there's a certain number of names that are very popular. You go to school and there almost always tends to be multiple children in the same classroom or same year level and definitely the same school with the same names, right? So maybe that is a reason why a lot of parents are giving their kids unique names. The trend towards unique baby names is also tied to society's current focus on individuality and self-expression. I think there's a lot of encouragement from society right now to be individual, be true to who you are, be yourself, that kind of thing. So, social researcher Kimberly Linko of McCrindle has previously told ABC Every Day. A massive factor in that is having a name that really reflects that. The pop culture effect. Pop culture certainly plays a role in influencing the baby naming trends of Australian parents, Miss Fell says, and celebrities have been embracing the nicknames as names trend for years. That's true. There is this sort of weird effect where you have celebrities wanting to, I guess, express their individuality through their children. I mean, was it, um, you know, the guy from Coldplay and his wife, Gwyneth Paltrow, who called their child Apple or something? You know, you're just like, man... These kids are going to have a hard enough time as it is at school (laughs) with their parents being famous as if you need to make it worse by giving them weird names. So, it is an interesting thing. And I wonder if that happens in your native languages, guys. You know, let me know in a comment below or send me a message. Do you have celebrities that call their children weird things that you, you know, the average person would never call their child? To give just a few examples, Eli was the baby name of choice for Ellen Pompeo and Chris Avery's son, Kira Knightley had an Eddie, Amy Schumer has a Jean, and Drew Barrymore has a Frankie. Bob Marley's son is Ziggy, which is also the name of a baby character in US drama series Big Little Lies, and in popular US, US television series The Mindy Project, Mindy Kaling's character has a son called Leo. The growing popularity of Archie is, of course, partly because that's what Prince Harry and Meghan Markle named their son, adds Miss Fell. That's an interesting thing. I don't think I've ever felt the sort of urge to give my children names based on what other celebrities have called their children. So, if that's true, it's, it's interesting if there's this effect of, of um, famous people that you look up to, I guess, or that you, you know, follow, naming their children something and then it becoming the trend that everyone else follows. An increasingly relaxed Aussie workforce. Finally, the trend of shortening names reflects Australia's increasingly relaxed work culture. Millennial parents who are in the workforce today have seen a lot of change over their working years, says Ms. Fell. Today, there's more of an emphasis on diversity and individuality at work, she suggests. I think that will also increase because of COVID. With online meetings, we get to see inside the home, we get to see people's pets, says Miss Fell. And the overall attitude towards the work-life divide is more casual. Even tattoos are more accepted in the workplace nowadays, she adds. So, we don't have to have a typically regal name to have a good career. Sorry, kid, you'll be correcting everyone your entire life. 
While Daniela chose Eli because it was nice and simple, she says there's one frustrating downside of choosing a short name. Every time we go to the doctor or use his name at the smoothie shop, Ellie is called out, says Daniela. Sorry, kid, you'll be correcting everyone your entire life. Grace similarly struggles with having to explain her son's name to strangers. We always get asked if his full name is Leonardo, she says. And when she says no, we get odd looks as if it should be. So, yeah, this is an interesting thing. And I guess finishing up here was what uh, Kel and I, my wife Kel and I, were talking about quite an, a lot when naming our children. Because obviously, choosing a name for your child is a very special and important thing. You know, it's going to be something that's with them for the rest of their life. It's almost their first possession. And so, for us, we were trying to pick a name that didn't stick out, that was very common Because I remember being at school and growing up in Australia where a lot of kids that had weird names or things that weren't sort of, you know, common used to get bullied and picked on a lot. So, I always thought just give them a common name. Don't make it about you personally as a parent wanting to express your individuality through your child because it means nothing to them. They're going to just be growing up with this this weird name that you decided to give them because you thought it was cool. I went to... um, School with some kids that have very strange names that their parents had just created out of thin air. They just, I think, you know, and hopefully they're never going to see this, but I think uh, Andela, Shalil, and Talana were good examples where these were neighbours, lovely girls. The mum was lovely, but she had just created these out of thin air. And, um, yeah, I think the kids got quite a bit of flack for it at school because they were always like, you know, the teachers were mispronouncing them. Kids didn't know how to pronounce them. They'd never heard them before. It was always very weird. So, anyway, long story short, my wife and I were sort of thinking about names and we're like, how do we pick things that are sort of common? You know, look up the most common names, find something you like. Easy to say in two languages. So, they could be both said in English and Portuguese relatively easily without sort of the spelling being confusing. Um, and, yeah, a name that they're just going to see as normal and that, that everyone else will see as normal as well, I guess. But yeah, obviously, this is the kind of thing that is very personal. I'd love to know your, you guys and what you think. You know, is this trend something you're noticing? What do you think you'll call your children? Will it be something um, very, very Anglo, like this kind of thing in Australia? If you are migrants who've come to Australia, will you use names that are from your own home country? Will you try and find a blend where a name from your home country or language sounds similar to one in English and they can kind of use both. I'll chat to you in the comments and until next time, I'm Pete. This is Aussie English. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining me.